just fine. Catch you when you fall. Be there when you call. It's never too much. I got you real tall. I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mihi nui ki a koutou katoa no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa kōrero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr and today in this episode you are going to hear the truly empowering story of Patrick Salmon. Now Patrick fiercely took the stage at our Real Talk Mongarangatahi event in Rotorua sharing on stage for the first time his powerful story of overcoming some massive obstacles in his life. He definitely brings the fire. Patrick inspires others to live their life as their true, authentic self, period. Now, it's important to note that there are some triggering subjects in this corridor. So if you get triggered by this corridor, there are some support contact numbers listed in the show notes for you to utilise. Here is Patrick's story. Kia ora tātou. Ka rere atu nei, takure helpo hiri, nau mai, haere mai. Ko Nāti awa ahau, he mihi atu nei, kia koutou e. Piki mai, kake mai, ho mai toa e ora, kia mātou e. Ti hei mauri, mauri ora, e ngā iwi e. Kia ora tātou. Alright. Wow, hi. This is very new for me, despite the rumours. I created a platform to help support and elevate uh, other people and I yeah, create the platform for other people to stand on. I actually don't stand on it myself. So, And I've never, ever done a live court at all uh, about myself. <laughs> no shit, straight up. <laughs> but, hey, I'm here. And um, it's such a pleasure. I just want to thank Tans and the team. And Ari, thank you for driving us tonight. It's awesome. And also to mihi to all our other kai kōrero. Well, let's go for a hikoi. <laughs> I think this is a question that everybody asks themselves at um, some stage in their life. Who am I? What does that even mean? Am I made up of lots of different things or am I just one thing? Can that thing change? Is it allowed to? Do we have to stay the same? Lots and lots of questions that come, but... I've loved my life so far, despite all the challenges and rainy days that have happened. I think they've turned out to be pretty good in the end. But we're going to start right back at the beginning. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Shit! (laughs) This is my mum on the side here. Me and my mum, she was 16, and my dad was 15. I'm the beautiful product of 10 pregnancy. Uh, because in my whānau and brought up, you know, in Te Māori, age really isn't a thing. We do stage, yeah? Stage instead of age. 
And because I can see in here, there's a few, 50, maybe plus rangatahi. Yeah? It's all about stage. But then we also have our young people who are old souls that have been brought into this world and bless our whānau with the old ways and the wisdom that they bring with them. But this here, that's my mum. This is her father. This is my koro. He was my confidant and the pillar of my life, this man. His name is Donovan Tunu Raimona. And I got from him his ears, apparently. <laughs> Except he never hung jewels from his ears, but I do. And his wit. And he was a very, very clever, clever thinker. Always was thinking outside the box. And he pioneered that for me in my life. Me and my cousin Eva, actually, who's in the audience there in the brown jacket, we were the two that went everywhere with him to all the land hui, to all the marae hui and the committees. At the time, really sucked, but I totally get it now. <laughs> and of course, I had style wearing velvet back then. Girl, with the matching socks. But I was always different. I wasn't like the other tāne in my whānau. My uncles or my cousins who all play rugby, who love kapahaka, who, you know, do that crip walk and whatnot. Um, I wasn't about it. I was interested in solving problems all the time and thinking, oh, Kari, you could just do this, you know. <laughs> and I hung out with the aunties. Now, coming from Ngāteawa, uh, there's a saying that our women have, and the men agree, just because our husbands wear the pants, oh no, just because we wear the dress, the skirts, does not mean that our husbands wear the pants. And, well, I decided that I liked both, Yeah. <laughs> And I liked to wear both, and it was all goods. <laughs> Growing up, now, I used to live here in Rotorua, just over there, actually, on Salas Street. And I went to performing arts at Taiwere. Koronapi and Auntie Auski were running the performing arts there. And that's me when I was 17 in the red. I actually went to go and support a friend of mine who was auditioning for a part in this thing called Myths and Legends, and they were atua, and they were going to be fabulous, and she was going for this part. And I went as a kaitautoko, and anyway, I ended up getting the part. (laughs) (laughs) But being fabulous, being, being real, you know, being camp, being, I don't know, there's like just a bit of a swag in my hub. It just does it. I don't know why. That, in my family, and for my family to try and, in their own way, try to protect me and all of that, I was never forced to be something else, but I was encouraged to be what they thought I was. And growing up, it was, oh, they'd say to my mum, oh, he's a girl, you know, look at him. You sit in there like, you know, uh, as a kid. And then I was encouraged that when it was, and it was all God's. But then as I started to grow, and I actually came in in Rotorua as well, I experimented a lot. Now, her name used to be Ash. And Ash came about when I was 12. All the way through till I was 20. And so I lived as Ash 24-7, just what it was. It's me with the braids also. Yep, haurangi there with my cousins, living our lives. But still just trying to figure it out. Still trying to figure out, who am I? And of course, to find that, you have to have experiences. You have to go out. You have to try things. You're going to fuck up. It's all goods. 
You know, there's, there's, I don't even think there is an actual real thing of a fuck-up. Um, because what do they do? They teach us how to be better. Now this time, I had been ash all the way up. I came back to the Teko. So I'm from Texas, yeah? And that's my tūranga waiwai. When I came home like this in the white singlet, my whānau were like, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> Holy shit, cuz. We haven't seen Patty since Patty was 12. You know, do we still call you Patty? What's your pronouns? You know, but we don't want to be disrespectful. And so we went through this whole journey anyway, and having to take my whānau on it, on the way too. Or people, now I say it, people who are privileged to be in my space, taking them on the, on, on the hikoi with me. So still trying to figure it out. And then I met my darling. And I met this beautiful tūwharetoa um, in the Etchikan pub. <laughs> oh, God. And I was such a scrub too. Oh, terrible. Everything I know that my daughters are never going to be with. But um, I met her and through her though, how she was soft but grunty as fuck, <laughs> can really hold her space, that mana, you know. Um, I always thought I loved her at that time, but I actually just super liked her. And um, yeah, I just super liked her. <laughs> Truth story. And then we had our first bubba. And when that came, then I really understood what love was for us, for, from me anyway. It was a deeper respect. Whole, yeah, it was just a whole nother level. And this is our big girl, um, Oni, or Andre. And she is 13 this year. Yeah, so me and Charles have been together for 14 years, married for 11. And we have five tamariki. And, you know, and being husband and wife, it's like the normal. Like, because I know some people think, fuck up, Gary, how does it work? You know, <laughs> God knows gracious, if you fucking come in with that bloody thing on, you know. It's just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Tane mete wahine, wahine mete tane. Because I know that question always floats around. Um, but yes, we got married there. My cousin Pairoto was our celebrant. Never really cared too much for the institution itself, personally. But marriage was a smart move, and I'm clever. And it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable and confident to say things like that. Because there, in my whanau, is this unspoken law of humare tanga, be humble. I, but then there's, I found there's a difference between being humble and humiliating yourself where you just, you know, bury yourself in the dirt. So there's a fine line, and I think I kind of just get close to it, but not quite. <laughs> this was one of the most funniest and the best days of my life, truly. Just there where we're laughing, actually. You know when you're not allowed to laugh and it makes it worse? <laughs> it was one of those. So what we did was Charles brought uh, a vial of her whenua, uh, from Tufaritoa, I had a vial of mine from Natiawa, and we did this whole ceremony where we mixed our whenua together and, and symbol of what's actually happening between the union, not just us, but whakapapa, our land shares, um, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. And then I, I turned to her and I said, 
girl, I'm going to show you things you've never seen and take you places you've never been. And she reckons to me, oh, fuck up, bro, just make me laugh every day. <laughs> I just started cracking up. But after that, really, really connecting with each other and, and having our first baby. Actually, we had two by the time we got married. I was, uh, that then as a papa gave me the courage and well, even took my thinking there. I want to do better. I want to do better than what I saw. I, wanted to, I want to be able to give better. Not just to my own tamariki, but to those around me as well. And so I, what did I do? Well, it's me without, yep, pre-muko on the couch there with Penny Henari. He was just breaking out into the scene then. Now he's a minister. <laughs> Laila Ha right there. There was this party called the Internet Party. Goodness gracious, it was interesting. And obviously, Matua Hone there, but see at the top there now in Fakatani, we have this farinui called Matatua Fari. And that toki that I'm holding is the toki of Natiawa. A funny little thing about that, I saw it out, and John Key was the Prime Minister then, he was coming, and I saw the token, I was like, cousin, I'm going to get it, can you take a photo of me? <laughs> I grabbed it, and then all I heard was, karanga, and like, the karanga started, and I couldn't go back around to put it back, so I, I was looking at it, and she was like, what are you going to do? I chucked it in the garden, and then ran. <laughs> I threw it in the garden, and I went running around the other side, you know, to join everybody, and... My cousin Parat was trying to find the toki, like, ah, you know, the Modi, the mana of the tribe. Oh. And then I walk over trying to, like, oh, I don't know, like, oh. <laughs> walk back, and then, oh, and then we're like, oh, thank you. I've got heaps of mehi too that day for finding the toki. <laughs> so sometimes you can create your own moments to have your mana moment. That's the lesson in that. Then here, up the top there, uh, in 2016, I embarked on the journey to Maumoko, something I was always going to do. Moko has been in my whānau since my rāno. Grew up with it, my wife, my parents, you know, we all are Moko. So it's just a normal part of our life. Oh, not age, part of our stage, yeah? And then there was huge controversy that happened uh, when I, in the way that I decided to my moko, there was confusion about, is that a moko kauai? Oh my God, you're taking the, my money as a woman. Um, there was lots of different kōrero. Uh, some of it was, oh, you know, you fucking faggot, we're going to come down there, cut that off your fucking face. You know, yeah, it, it, it was hardcore. Well, don't talk like that anymore. But <laughs> it was this part here, though, for me, it wasn't so much what people were saying that was mamai, uh, it was the silence of my own whānau that really, really hurt me. But as I learnt and going to actually kōrero, uh, my whānau were just stunned. They, no one was ever interested in our family before, no, on what they thought about anything. And they just didn't know what to do. And I, I apologised to them because I had slammed them for it. But this took me on a whole nother journey. And it also uh, created a huge conversation, not just across the country, because Bakia have no place in this conversation. Yeah? Uh, this was a conversation for ourselves and what we were going to do. What does this mean for us now? Does this art form have the ability to change? 
If so, what is that change? What are we okay with? And I realised that we weren't even able at some stage to even get to that level of having those all. But in the end, it did. There was also confusion because people didn't know Ash, people didn't know me, don't know what this even represents. It never was going to stay like that, but it's symbolic of her because she's been a huge pillar in my life. And then I would look at other people and, and what they would, you know, what they had gone through as well. But it was, and I ended up doing the most hideous interviews, being a rangatahi, and at that stage, and not enough matauranga or experience or wise counsel behind me at the time, I was reacting instead of responding. And so what I did was I stopped it and I poured all my feelings and everything into craft. And my craft is I carve hiru. I love hiru. I don't have one, which is why I'm wearing this thing. <laughs> but I love hiru. And it's been part of uh, my success story, hiru, as well. This is my fire hinewirangi, who I love with all my heart. And she is my kayako, she's my mother, she's my sister, she is everything to me. She is the nanny that everybody deserves and that everyone would wish for. She is absolutely amazing. And with her guidance through that, we used to just get on the piss all the time when we wanted time off from the kids. And then we took a new track and we would wānanga. That, that became our thing for about five, six, seven years uh, together. And we would go around and learn and share. And um, we've been her succession um, and, and still are at this moment. And her handover of all the tupuna kōrero that she would share. And so I incorporate that into my own mahi. And oh, well, we all do. Kairua. Kairua was also an outcome of my moko journey. I kind of just got to a point where I was just like, fuck it, who cares? I've been called everything under the sun. I've been run down. You know, there's nothing left. I was thinner then. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, yeah, there was a whole lot of shit that went on, and I just thought, oh, fuck it. I turned the camera on, went live, and I made these creamy mushrooms. <laughs> and um, by the end of the week, it had over four million views, and I thought, what the heck? So I just, I thought, I'm going to take the opportunity to, okay, share more about what I truly think. And even though in my own circle, because I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what I'm up to, uh, they didn't quite get it. This is just me being normal. But I I don't realise people would gravitate and be like, fuck, I love that corridor, Pat. Or what the hell are you wearing? I love that. Especially with the aunties. I actually do this for yous. Now, (laughs) it's a great business. On the right there is uh, my very first uh, meet and greet over on the Gold Coast. And I should have taken the photo at the beginning, but I took it at the end and hundreds of people turned up. I thought there was going to be between maybe 30 and 50. And we had it at this guy. So um, our support team or, you know, following, they're called Relations. They're my relations. And we had some relations hook this up. And anyway, his name was Suhail Obedian. And he lives over in Gold Coast. First billionaire I ever met. And I told him, I said, I don't know anyone who's got a billion anything, let alone dollars. Like, <laughs> but, um, He took me under his wing and um, he sent me around the world to go and learn and share, to come home and bring it back to our own people, my own whanau. Um, so I feel very, very thankful for that. And I just wanted to acknowledge him tonight. But this here is my prize. These are our tamariki. I never thought 
in a million years, being here in Rotorua, experimenting, doing all of that stuff, that um, that would ever result in me having, this to me is my true wealth, is my tamariki and what I'm able to instill in them. And they will cut their own path like everyone in here does anyway. We do have our tamariki that are like, oh, yeah, you can tell me this, but fuck, I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. And so these are my greatest examples. I created a program called Hira and Hapu Mama that has had massive success with our pregnant mothers, Māori, um, who have or suffer from addictions. And I use the Hiru uh, to deliver that and to put a all. I created a model, um, believe it or not, after I graduated with my masters, called Tekanga. And tikanga is a fusion of technology and tikanga to support indigenous innovation. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me around the world. It's given me so much um, opportunity, but it feeds me. It feeds me back. It really is purpose mahi. And I think my key message tonight uh, to share with everyone is to find what that is Sometimes it can be a challenge, like, oh, but what do I do? I, you know, I, I've done so many things. Um, some qu- simple little guides that I can share from my own lived experience is that you don't have to compromise, you're not put in a position to compromise your own values and who you are. And when you don't have to do that, then it feeds you, it feeds your very soul. And you can do it. You know, you find something that you're just naturally adept at. And then every day's a play day at work. So going from there, I graduated with a master's in Indigenous Applied Knowledge, where I specialised in tikanga. Uh, but then, yes, I uh, plunk it. It turns 115 next week. And they built me a role to be their innovator. And this is all just from being a creative and, being, and having fun and thinking. Growing up, I was told that dreaming was bad. Fuck up, dreamer. You know, those sorts of things. Oh, you're just a dreamer, bro. Our world is so starved, and especially to our young people, our world is so starved for our dreamers, our creatives. We've got all the data in the world, but it means nothing without how to apply it. So think about that. And to share that. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk